What if the way you've been telling your life story reveals the secret to what is holding you back? Stories play an integral part in how we see not only ourselves, but the whole world. Stories are more than just an important part of communication. They also reveal hidden aspects of our inner talk, which can either support us or end up holding us back from the very things we want most in life without us even realizing it. Join author, mindset coach, and award-winning singer-songwriter Carrie Rowan on her show, Look for the Good, every Monday at 5 a.m. and 5 p.m. when she shares nuggets of wisdom from her internationally best-selling book, Tell a New Story, Five Simple Steps to Release Your Negative Stories and Bring Joy to Your Life. Carrie's powerful stories and compelling guests will empower you to change how you look at your own life while giving you some powerful tools and tips you can use every day to help you feel better and move yourself closer to the life you've been longing to live. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Look for the Good. I'm your host, Carrie Rowan, mindset strategist and coach, and I love sharing nuggets of wisdom about the stories we tell each other, but more importantly, the stories we tell ourselves, right? So join me and my special guests as we share our personal stories of strength and triumph every week here on Dream Vision 7 Radio Network. You can listen online on your mobile device, in your car, or ask Alexa to play Dream Vision 7 Radio. You can tune in every Monday at 5 a.m. and 5 p.m. Eastern Time to get real stories and tips on how to turn your story and your life around and evolve with us as we unite humankind with universal love. Hello, everybody. Thank you and welcome. Hello to Yolanda waiting in the wings. Hi, Carrie. How are you today? I'm wonderful in yourself. It's a great day today. It's absolutely beautiful out there. I know. It's a lovely day. It's a lovely day. And it's so nice to have you here on the show. Um, let me tell you, I'm going to tell you a little bit about Yolanda. But before I do, you guys know we love talking about stories, right? We love digging in and finding what those stories are. What are those stories that we tell ourselves? Not only just the negative ones, but what are the positive ones that really help us to get through the day? And we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about sort of our personal mantras too. And what things do we say to ourselves to get ourselves up and motivated and out with that purpose, that purpose-driven life that we all look for. So we're going to look at those stories. And when we can put our arms around some of the stories that are not so empowering, it actually helps to uncover and look at those stories, find out what, what is getting in our way so that we can tell ourselves a new and better story and start to really live the life that we've been longing to live you know, and finding that purpose deep in our heart that we always know is there, that we just have a couple things getting in our way. And how do we figure that out? How do we get past that? And we love talking about that here on Look for the Good. And Yolanda and I actually met at um, a chamber event, right? A women's networking luncheon. And she was the speaker. And we just totally connected. As soon as I saw her book and I listened to her story, I was like, oh, she's so perfect for Look for the Good because that's what she's all about. And that's what she's always done is help people look for the good and feel good, right? Because looking good is feeling good. And we're going to talk a little bit about that. Let me tell you her incredible rap sheet a little bit here about Yolanda. Um, she doesn't know the meaning of slowing down. I love her story. And um, she at 88 years old, right? 88? 89 now. Wow. 89. That's amazing. She hosts her own cable access show. Okay. She just released a book about her life called Beyond the Glitz and Glamour. And I can't wait to talk about that because I just finished reading the whole thing. And she's published the first, in a, or actually, I think you're two books in now, two books into Linda's books, in a series of 10 children's books she's writing in her daughter, Linda Cole's memory, Lindy Lou and Her Dancing Shoes. Um, she is a fashion icon here in Boston, and she created the legendary Yolandas in Waltham. And I know that you know all about that. You might have even bought your bridal dress or a beautiful dress from her in the past. 
Um, she's been dubbed, I love this, the first lady of fashion. Um, and she has glamorously dressed famous celebrities, Boston news anchors, and brides from around the world. And she's known as the first lady of fashion, as I just mentioned. And I'm so excited to have her on here. I feel like if I'm summing her up, she was a woman that was always, you're always ahead of your time. That's what I feel like. And you've embraced that entrepreneurial spirit. And I'm so excited to have you on today, Yolanda. Welcome again. Oh, thank you so much. It was great meeting you and all of the girls there at the meeting. It was wonderful. It was a great day. It was a wonderful day. And it really struck me. Your story was just, again, a woman, you're a woman ahead of your time, right? You created something that women were not doing. And you had this mindset. We love talking about mindset here. You had this entrepreneurial mindset and it was implanted in you at a really young age. Tell us how that all developed in you. Well, we grew up very poor uh, in an Italian family uh, in a you know, small neighborhood where you could leave your doors open all the time and neighbors help neighbors. We're going back, you know, uh, when in the 40s, 30s and 40s. And uh, people were wonderful. And we had a great life, even though we didn't have much. And it was instilled in me that I could do anything I wanted to do if I put my mind to it and if I worked hard. And regardless of what I ever did in life, they were there to encourage me, but they weren't there with finances. So I had to learn how to get it. And they encouraged me, like, you can do this, you can do this. But they couldn't give us the money, not that they didn't want to give us anything. So first time I really came was when I bought my first bicycle. And um, I just was like maybe a couple of dollars away before I could buy the one I wanted. And my dad said, I'm sure if you work a little hotter and babysit a little longer, you'd be only about another week before you can get it. And he didn't lend it to me or do it. He just encouraged me that you'll get the bike. But, you know, and then I learned when I got my prom dress about a year or so later that I wanted this special dress um, I that I just couldn't afford and they couldn't afford to give it to me. So mom said, I'm sure you can make it. I said, make it. And she said, yeah, you know, just get a pat. <laughs> we had buttered. I don't think they even sell patents anymore. <laughs> and uh, buy some fabric and, um, you know, you can do this. And so I did. I pursued on and listened to her. I went to the fabric store. And of course, back then you could buy tool for 10 cents a yard. And the sequin probably was quarter a quarter a yard. And uh, I ended up just envisioning this, sat down on the floor with a patent and made my dress and learned that not only could I do it, but I won Queen of the Prom. So um, <laughs> I really realized that it wasn't just the money and it wasn't somebody giving me. I was so proud of myself and so pleased. Um, and my friends that spent all kinds of money were like in awe. They could not believe. And they started asking me to make things for them and do things for them. And that was the beginning of which I never knew would be because I was, you know, a dream or a, a business because I was really going to school and wanted to be an accountant. I was very good with numbers and mm. I helped you with business. But um, that was the beginning of a wonderful career. That is so incredible. I love that you wanted to be an accountant, right? And those skills definitely come into play in the whole, the whole thing. Uh, and then you kind of discovered through your doing, and it's funny that you say that because a lot of times when I have clients that come to me later on in life and they're sort of like, I don't, I'm, I'm looking for my passion. Like I, they forget what they love. And you kind of discovered something that you loved at a young age and that ended up driving your passion. And I love, again, how you took something that was a problem for you, a personal problem. You were losing your hair. And I feel like that's where the best businesses are are created out of when we address a problem that we have, something that we can come up with a solution for ourselves that, oh, wait, this can help other women too. Um, and one of the things it was, it was a, definitely a common theme throughout your book 
was this mentality of giving back, this mentality of helping other people, which again is one of the pieces I feel like to really successful is when you're when you're there to serve others, right? Um, that's what makes your business more successful because it's a genuine feeling that comes from your heart. It's a it's a heart driven passion. Um, so, did you were you born like were your parents very conscientious about community and you oh, know serving others? Very giving kind of people, always giving back and always giving whatever they had, small amounts, whatever they had was always shared. But you know, when I started learning about women with cancer and all, and that was I think the key to the business for taking off because I was going to hospitals for people that had cancer and had to wear wigs. And um, I would go and bring a selection and I would wear my own wig and then take it off for them. So they'd feel comfortable that I wasn't all dolled up and all made up. And here they are sick in the hospital. And they'd realize, because we can take the wig off, your hair is a mess underneath. So they realized and they, and I would do most of those for nothing. Uh, that was just a service that I gave. So I had the business on the side with the beauty shops that brought me the money that I needed. And then I had the other side that was the giving side that made me very fulfilled. So regardless of whether we were in financial problems or not, you know, I felt like just like a million dollars. It does so much for you when you're giving. And it's continued through my life. Of course, my husband at that point had started to really rally back. He started collecting the money he was supposed to get. He became extremely successful. So he was very supportive uh, of something that I was doing out of need, but now thoroughly enjoyed. And he saw the joy in my face. You know, he saw the joy in my heart that I love doing it. I love that. That's really cool. You know, because if you ask a lot of people, you know, who get to the end of their life, they talk about that fulfillment piece, right? You can have all the money in the world, but still not feel that fulfillment. And I think a lot of that comes from contribution. You can do all these great things and achievements, great. But if you don't feel like you're contributing to something on a bigger scale, then I feel like that's where this whole problem with people being unhappy and unsatisfied with their lives are nowadays. They believe that the money is going to buy them everything and it can't. It can buy you material things. It can't buy you the friendships and the love and the feeling that you have from your heart that at the end of the day, you put your hat on your pillow and you say, I did the best I could today. I love that. I think the Beatles said it best, right? Can't buy you love. It can't buy you those things, right? It can't buy you satisfaction, which I feel like is what is missing in a lot of people's lives nowadays. And so I love that you really embraced that and you followed your joy. You know, I'm all about joy because you were reading my book as well. And it's all it's all about finding your joy, remembering what those things are. Because when we're kids, we come here, we are full of joy. We are just, we are the pure essence, right? Children are just happy and they're, they're total, uh, they don't think anything else, but just having a good time. Yeah. And we lose that somewhere along the way. Why? That's what we came here for is to find joy and enjoy life, right? Because if we're not enjoying life, you know, what's what, what's the purpose of it, right? You have the total key because you mix it with music. And I miss that because I never got a chance. I know I once the teacher wanted me to learn one instrument and I never did because I was so busy doing other things. But I find now that I'm taking piano lessons at this age because... <laughs> Hard. And it's like, I love the, because I usually put music on no matter what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. and I love the sound of music. I think it, it, it sets the tone for the day. It sets the tone for the, the day of wherever you are and the mood. It puts you in the mood. And I, I'm learning now just, I just for my own enjoyment that I 
can sit there and actually read music now. So it's uh, wow, I love that. Wait, what did you do with your white baby grand? <laughs> yes, that's one, and I finally am taking lessons. That I get, I'm still so busy that I try to have lessons twice a week, but I just can't. It's been once a week, but it's good. Good for you. That is an incredible thing. I love that. You've always been, you know, and I got that from the book too. You've always been a big believer in the music, right? Because doing shows, doing fashion shows uh, is a lot about music and the thumping feeling that it gives you and correlating that with the fashions that you're looking at, the dresses, right? It can change how people feel about something. Well, you know, when you add, that's so important to me because when I did fashion shows, if we were showing beautiful chiffons, we played music that went with it. If we play, we had anything colorful, we played music that went with it. And today I find it's very bad because a lot of the shows are actually thumping music. It is not music. And the mm. women used to love our shows. We would fill uh, just stadiums full of people. When we used to do the New Hampshire shows where there were 1,600 people in a tent on the hottest day of the year in the tickets would get sold out way in advance because they wanted to see the show because they remembered the songs, they enjoyed the songs, and they could really relate. And one woman said to me, you know, you were playing Old Black Magic when they had the black gowns on. And I said, yeah, we did plan it that way. <laughs> Orange colored sky when you have the hot colors. I said, yes, it was planned that way. But then I go to shows like the other night, and oh my gosh, the music was so loud. And all it was was thump, 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 thump as the girls look serious down the runway. And um, yeah, it, it's, it was different. It was different. It's different. I love that though. It, it seemed to become an important piece of it for you um, because it is. I mean, I tell clients of mine, the quick, you want to change your mind, you want to change your state quickly if you're not feeling good, put on your favorite song and have a dance party for one in your office. Right. You're right. And you that's know? way to feel good but and, and everyone likes different music but whatever it is like you say put it on that day and you'll all of a sudden come to life i love that i think that's really great is there something that really stuck with you like you know throughout your book i did see that you can do anything you know i tried to teach my kids that too my girls that you can you can do anything you put your mind to it's one of the oldest um sayings out there what else kind of was one of your mantras that sort of floated around for you that helped you get through the hard times well, I think being positive, you have to constantly stay positive and know there's a better day. Mom had an old expression. They would really, um, my mom never really had much education when they both were, you know, married in Italy and came here. And, uh, you know, she couldn't really, she never really went to school that much. But she used to say, you know, in order for you to have the flowers, you have to have the rain. Mm -hmm. Sunshine comes after the rain is a rainbow. And Anything that was positive, and even as I said, with the prom dress, she started me way early saying, you can do this, and you'll be very proud of yourself, and you'll be beautiful not to worry about what someone is buying that's so expensive that it's going to, you know, make the night. And it did. It, I felt not only great that I won it, it was I did do it, and I, I was happy. And, of course, I did like sparkle. So from the beginning, <laughs> started, and I think – you know, someone says to me all the time, why the white? And I think that the white is like, just like a day like today, you look up and the clouds are white and they're full and they're beautiful. Um, when you are born, they have a christening and it's all white usually. And then you have your communion and it's a little white dress and, you know, and weddings are white. 
I mean, they, they've changed it now and add pink, which I've sold and red and blue and whatever. But it just always related to something special. White was special. Um, and this touch of sparkle, like the stars, were to me the sequence of the sky. And they still are. Uh, you look up and you say, there they are, the little glistening gems. Um, so I always try to add some kind of sparkle. I don't care if it's daytime. I still wear diamonds and diamonds when I say diamonds, rhinestones, um, just to glisten the day, brighten the day. I love that. And you're relating it to nature, right? I mean, we all were enamored by the stars and the contrast with that. And and I love that you, you're pulling that into everything that you do. Um, that's really powerful. And I also love that story about the prom dress because I feel like you know, your book is so many things. It could be a direction about parenting. You know, it could be wise words about life. It's a business guide. It's so many things. Um, and I really love that you talked about doing your own stuff too. It's about being a self-made person, you know, and teaching your kids those skills when they're really young. And I feel like that's kind of like nowadays where some of the kids don't have this self-esteem. They're looking for it outside of themselves. We live in this externally focused world. But when you can focus internally and take a look and say, hey, wow, not only did you win prom queen, you made the dress. Like, if that wasn't a boost to self-esteem, I don't know what was. Yeah, I think the kids today are missing the fact that you've got to do it yourself, not depending on the fact, oh, well, mom and dad will take care of it because dad's doing well and mom's doing well. And look, they have a fabulous car, so I'm sure they'll get me a car too. not say, well, they earned that after all these years. And if I want to get there, I better start by purchasing my first car myself and making some payments. And it can't be the fanciest, but then it'll graduate to the next step to get to where you want to be. Uh, and those were the kinds of things that were instilled. And even if I was tired when I was a little girl, mom and dad wouldn't get mad at me if I said I didn't want to go to school or something. They'd say, come on, you can do this. You're going to be in school just a few hours. And then when you get back, you can do what you want to do, but at least you can get there. And you've got to go there and then you'll be okay. So they didn't settle for saying, okay, that's all right. My little girl's sick. So <laughs> many <a> times <laughs> I did feel like I wanted to give up, but they were there encouraging every step of the way. I love that. Yeah. Instilling that at such a young age that you can do it. It's one thing to say it, but then you're proving it to yourself over and over. Hey, look, I did. I did. They said I could and I did. And I, and I feel like those are the stories that get implanted, the really good ones, the empowering ones. You know, you've got your parents and then maybe you go to school and there's a special teacher that tells you that, hey, you're really good at math or whatever. Um, that can change and both positive and negatively that can change the course of somebody's life when they hear those little stories because they get implanted and they stick like glue when we're really young. Yeah. And I think, you know, in the old days too, I remember getting like a little star on my paper and it was a glistening little star, you know, remember beautiful, bright colors. They don't even do that anymore. You know, it wasn't just telling you, you were great. They gave you a star, you know, it was. And so again, I think that in order for us, for our kids to keep going, we just have to not give it to them, but encourage them that you'll be there. But it's going to, and it, you have to earn it. And when you earn it, it's extra special. Oh, it feels so good. And you can't, it's like trying to describe what it's like biting an orange or biting the orange yourself, right? You can't really, you can't, it's an experience. You have to get out and do it and try it and know that satisfaction that comes from knowing you did it. And everybody said you could, and you want those supporters. You need someone having your back. But, when it comes down to brass tacks, it's only us standing there in the corner, right? And and of course, there are people that have tragedies. I have some friends that lost their parents early on and didn't have the encouragement I had. 
and they had to face life to the fact, hey, here I am, and I'm going to have to do this because I don't have that support system. And instead, sometimes they turn away and fall apart. And you have to, as friends, encourage them to let them know it is tragic. It's horrible. I hope I don't wish that on anyone. But when it does happen, we have to face that and we have to deal with it. It's dealing with situations rather than trying to run away from it. Absolutely. That's such a powerful point. Um, We're going to break real quick for a second here. I know everybody's hanging on your every word, but don't go anywhere. Everybody will be right back. Stay tuned. Workers Credit Union empowers members to achieve their dreams at any stage of life. With tailored products and services designed to enrich your financial wellness, Workers Credit Union gives you the tools to succeed, like high-interest checking, savings, and CD accounts. Free online and mobile banking help you budget and pay bills on the go. Financial coaching provides guidance when you need it. We encourage you to look for the good, the workers' way. Visit us online at wcu.com or walk into your local branch. Did you know 73% of employees are considering leaving their jobs and almost half of Americans fear being laid off in the next year? That's a lot of fear and anxiety mulling around the office. In today's environment, employees need easy-to-use tools and strategies they can count on when the atmosphere is making them feel less than productive. To find out about proven ways to help your employees turn their stress into success, go to carryrowan.com and sign up for a free wellness consultation for your company today. Ever notice how your brain automatically focuses on what's wrong in your life? Ever wonder why you find yourself telling the same old story about yourself over and over again? Tune into this high-energy show with author and mindset coach Carrie Rowan to find out how to retrain your brain to look for the good every Monday at 5 a.m. and 5 p.m. Eastern on syndicated Dream Vision 7 Radio Network. Carrie uses powerful storytelling, easy-to-use tools, and inspiring guests to exemplify how a simple shift in perspective can bring miraculous results. Join Carrie on a journey into your own transformation that will leave you feeling inspired, empowered, and ready to find the good every day of your life. Are you tired of feeling stressed and stuck? Did you know that the stories we repeatedly tell can be the very thing that makes us feel worse about our life? In her best-selling book, Tell a New Story, host and author Carrie Rowan shares the five simple steps to release your negative stories and bring joy to your life. This is not your average self-help book. It's a joy to read and it's interactive with QR codes for meditations, original songs, and how-to videos at just the perfect point in the story, which makes transformation easy and at your fingertips. So if you're ready to go from humming a sad song about your situation to finding your voice and whistling a new upbeat tune as you skip along with joy as the new soundtrack of your life, then get yourself a copy of Carrie's highly acclaimed book today. Go to CarrieRowan.com slash book to get your copy now. That's C-A-R-R-I-E-R-O-W-A-N. Hey, beautiful listeners. Are you tired of the fast-paced life and want an easy way to help you find your calm? Then head over to the new Look for the Good Marketplace. It's chock full of hand-selected books, great classes, calming music, and special readings. All you need to help you move closer to a life you're tickled pink about. Just visit CarrieRowan.com and click on the Marketplace tab to find just the right item to soothe your soul today. That's C-A-R-R-I-E-R-O-W-A-N.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Look for the Good. I'm here with Yolanda Salucci, and we are having an incredible conversation. We just ended up before the break, we're talking about facing those stories, you know, the stories that we all have, the stories of the stuff that happens that we wish didn't happen in our lives, because we all have them. They're just of a different flavor. Um, So how do you face that? How do you kind of put your arms around that story and embrace it? And what happens when you do? 
Well, to be honest with you, that's something I always said. I would hear tragedies, uh, someone losing a child, and I'd say that's impossible. How do they go? How do they go on? This is impossible. How can they possibly go on? Because it never happened to me. And I remember years ago, the girls in, at work always in, uh, encouraged me to write a book about the business because we had so many fun stories. And they said, you know, we should really write a book like you're, you know, the woman you are, and oh. Um, how lucky you are and all this that should be the title of the book and uh we never did write a book but then years later my daughter got very sick my youngest daughter with cancer and not only was she sick uh you know it just went on and on for two to three years and it was a roller coaster ride and in order to keep her motivated i had to be doubly motivated and make myself cheery every day and happy every day and we can do this and you're going to make it and you're going to be fine and i'm promising you i'm here with you and encourage her and i got to a point that through the whole three years every time we went for chemo she would stop and uh help anybody that was alone because she'd see them by themselves and um make them a cup of tea and she was there herself for the same treatment but she was going out of her way to wait on them because she used to say, I'm lucky because you're with me, mom, and you drive me, but they don't have anybody. You know, that lady came by taxi cab. She doesn't have a family and she's got what I got, but she doesn't have the help. And so I knew that I did a good job bringing her up to be good to other people. And she fought the battle. They thought it was gone. And then we lost her. And I thought you were going to lose me. But I didn't. Uh, because she was so strong, I made up my mind I would be strong. And she did before she passed. She did say, Mom, please, for me, stay happy, enjoy. I've had a good life. If God needs me, I'm there. But I want you and Dad to have a good life. It's okay. We'll meet again. She wasn't afraid. She was brave and fun and uh and then I thought, how do I go through this? I used to ask, how do people go through it? And I didn't know how. And I started just reminiscing about how cute she was and what she used to do and the little tricks she played on me <laughs> as a child and how fun she was. And then I decided I have to keep her memory alive. And she, Linda was the kind of girl who was a top model in Boston who could uh light a room on fire with her personality. Most models were serious. She smiled and waved from the stage. She danced when she walked. Her steps were like dancing steps. And so the first book I wrote was Lindy Lou and her dancing shoes. And um, it was received with, it just got number one on Amazon. And um, I started when other people had little girls and they read the book, they were thrilled with it, uh, which encouraged me to do more and more. And I still smile now, even though she's gone, because um, I know she's happy. God needed another angel and uh, needed Linda. He needed Linda there to help other people. So when people say, like, you have it all, you can have it all, you can't. Um, uh, you just have to learn to deal with every phase of your life or every phase of what's going on in the world and deal with it. Uh, because it isn't easy for anyone. And if you really think you're the only one, you're not. You start talking to people and you realize uh, that everyone has tragedies in their lives. It's how you deal with it and how you get over it. Uh, not over it, I shouldn't say to use that word, 
deal with it and just keep living a good life, uh, you learn from it. You learn. We really only have today in front of us. And what are we going to do with that day? How are we going to help somebody else? Well, I think that, you know, I even find that when someone's rude or if they say something nasty, I know my mom used to always bring us up. Like, if you have nothing nice to say, say nothing at all. And I've been event, I've been places, and you have, I'm sure, where you'll see someone walk up into a room and say, oh, my God, you gained so much weight. You look terrible. What are you doing to yourself? And I'm saying, why would you say that to somebody? I, I'm, like, always amazed that somebody could make a comment, you know, and then I'd see my friend get very upset and sad. And I'm saying, why did that have to happen? Couldn't she just say, hi, how are you? It's a gorgeous day. I mean, I'm sure the girl has a mirror and I'm sure she certainly knows, you know, mm-hmm. but it's so sad because there, there is too much of that today that, oh, I have to say what I want to say. You know, no, you don't. Exactly. I love that. I say that to my girls too. Um, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all, right? It's because you because you said it before, everybody has a story. Everybody is going through something just because you don't know what it is, you know, if you were to stop for a moment. And I feel like, you know, having that self-compassion and building that in, in our children is that ability to be compassionate for somebody else's situation. And then also to have, you know, self-compassion for yourself. And then you can extend that out to other people. You can understand, hey, look, here's what I've been through. And here's how maybe I can share my story and help somebody else by by sharing that story. And here's how I got over it. Because our stories are really all just a reflection of each other's, aren't they? Well, it does. And it helps you because you realize then you aren't alone. And you understand that it's not just you that we singled out that you had to have that tragedy in your life. I mean, so fortunate. I mean, even my husband, I we were married 65 years before I lost him. Many people never celebrate 50 years marriage. So I really, like they say, aren't you upset? No, I mean, of course, I miss him. But it wasn't meant for us to have any more years. But we did. We had great years. So I'm just thankful for that. I don't go on thinking, oh, my God, my husband died. So now I'm not going to go out anymore. And I'm not going to do anything anymore. Um, I still work with the girls. We still, I, I involve myself with uh, charity organizations where I can help and feel good about myself. Mm-hmm. It works. It's it just, it keeps me going every day. And, and I feel uh, that I'm doing something to help someone else. And I come home satisfied. You know, the day is full. There it is again, that word satisfied. And I'm also hearing underneath what you're saying, I'm hearing this sense of gratitude, right? So yes, you lost your husband, but you appreciating the 65 years you guys had together. Uh, and I love all the stories of him <laughs> in the book. All, <laughs> all the bills. <laughs> all no, the... And he was so different than I was. I mean, you know, when I was in the business and all with the girls, uh, we had to take turns with the girls as they were growing. And uh, when they became teenagers, I started closing several days at the store and not keeping it open seven days a week because, you know, they were teenagers and they needed guidance and they needed one of us to be there. But he was he was fun. He always says it as it is um, and always went along regardless whether he liked going to these some of these events. He always. <laughs> And uh, but sometimes I'd make a, make up a story so we could leave early because I could tell he was getting uneasy. It wasn't his kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we have another commitment, which I didn't, just so that I could <laughs> leave. Save him. <laughs> <laughs> he seemed so fun and so game for your next big idea. You know, knock this wall down, do this. We're gonna do. We're gonna build a sleigh. We're gonna. <laughs> and through every time, 
He came through every time. He would come every day for lunch because he had his own company, so he could. And he'd stop by really, not only for lunch, but to see if anything was going on. And some people would say, who's that guy that comes for lunch? And he'd say, I'm just a (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Because he just knew, you know, something would go wrong in the building. Uh, So, I mean, I really could not have done what I did without this guy. I could not. I mean, you know, you don't do it alone. Mm -hmm. I appreciated that. Yeah. And he totally had your back. He supported all your ideas. And I love that, you know, the whole, yo, are you crazy? Like, what are we doing? (laughs) Yeah, we said it too. (laughs) I love that. But then he'd go ahead and do it. (laughs) And he'd do it. And it was a brilliant idea. And that was also another one of the themes that I felt like your book really supported believing in yourself, believing in your own intuition. And again, I'm going to go back to these days where everybody's focus is outside of themselves. We need to learn how to bring that back in and listen to ourselves because we have all the best answers for our lives. Exactly. There is, there's so much out there. I am concerned for the kids uh, because of that. Um, I just, I just saw on TV a while ago, something about a new company called Sky Book Fair, because they're trying to bring books back into the schools that are acceptable, children's books. And I'm going to contact them because our children's books, basically, my children's books are outdated because the things we did with our kids are not what they're doing today. They didn't have a cell phone. They didn't have communication on a a computer. They could get access to stuff they shouldn't be looking at or talking about stuff they shouldn't be talking about. Uh, And I Mm -hmm. think this is great. If there's a company called Again, I think it's, yeah, Sky I'm going to look that up. Mm-hmm. Because they're getting books that are like old fashioned about, and they want to put those in the schools, not the books about telling them about sex. And uh, they like shouldn't be even interested in it and it shouldn't be talked about. I love that. Well, you know, for many years I was a children's music performer. So I have uh, two kids' CDs and I, that was, it, it's just a joyful place to be, you know, and writing kids' music is like, just a beautiful expression of purity, right? Yeah. And to see them dance to it and enjoy it and clap to it and not being worried about all the other things that aren't necessary for a child to worry about. They should just be worrying about being a child and enjoying life. Right. Where are they getting their next cookie? Not any of these other. <laughs> yeah, hunt yes. Where are they going to get their next cookie? Right? Where are they going to get their next cookie? They don't need to worry about social media and likes and friends and the stupid phones and all these things. And when so that. At the supermarket, you had to stop and get a box of cookies and open it before we got to the register and then say, no, don't forget. You got to give it to the lady because we got to pay for it because you've eaten half the cookies while I was shopping. <laughs> the little Barnum and Bailey, the little boxes, the little animal crackers. <laughs> I love those. So it is, it's bringing, it's bringing us back to ourselves, like, you know, putting everything back in place. And and this is why all these kids have so much anxiety because there's too many things that they shouldn't be worried about. Right. And let's, yeah, let's keep them happy. Let's dance. I do miss those days of dancing. There was no better audience ever than the little kids. You know, they would, they would cry when the music would stop. And that was the best compliment you could get. (laughs) to dance you see them from my grand great granddaughter is only a year old and if you put music on she's happy as a clam she's just dancing away her little butt's moving and she's having a great <laughs> it's we can go back to the simple simple things that you don't need all this stuff that they have access to and that we instantly constantly give them that they don't even care about 
you give them a toy and they throw it away and they start playing with the doorknob. So, I mean, it's, it's crazy today. Right. They like the box that it came in better than anything. We have tons of pictures of our kids in a box. They'd make a train with the wooden, the cardboard box that something came in. And that's where the great creativity is cultivated, right? It's it's cultivated with that, not when everything's given to them, when they have to figure stuff out. You know, we played in our backyards. That's what we did for fun. My mom called us in for dinner. My kids have never even been in my backwoods, but they don't even know how to get there. Unless I had my swing set, that's what they went out for. But that's fun. But, you know, there has to be more of that entertainment-wise. Yeah. Um, I'm really interested in, especially the children's books, because, and I think music, music to me is so wonderful for kids. It puts them in the mood. They start jumping and playing, and then they exhaust themselves and they sleep at night. (laughs) Oh, I would say that all the time to the parents. I'm like, keep the kids jumping because they're going to be napping later. You're going to be thinking of Miss Carrie and thanking me later. (laughs) So anyways, we're going to break real quick. We'll be right back with Yolanda. I know you're loving this conversation. Don't go anywhere. I'll be right back. Workers Credit Union empowers members to achieve their dreams at any stage of life. With tailored products and services designed to enrich your financial wellness, Workers Credit Union gives you the tools to succeed, like high-interest checking, savings, and CD accounts. Free online and mobile banking help you budget and pay bills on the go. Financial coaching provides guidance when you need it. We encourage you to look for the good, the workers' way. Visit us online at wcu.com or walk into your local branch. Hey, beautiful listeners, are you tired of the fast-paced life and want an easy way to help you find your calm? Then head over to the new Look for the Good Marketplace. It's chock full of hand-selected books, great classes, calming music, and special readings. All you need to help you move closer to a life you're tickled pink about. Just visit CarrieRowan.com and click on the Marketplace tab to find just the right item to soothe your soul today. That's C-A-R-R-I-E-R-O-W-A-N.com. Are you tired of feeling stressed and stuck? Did you know that the stories we repeatedly tell can be the very thing that makes us feel worse about our life? In her best-selling book, Tell a New Story, host and author Carrie Rowan shares the five simple steps to release your negative stories and bring joy to your life. This is not your average self-help book. It's a joy to read and it's interactive with QR codes for meditations, original songs, and how-to videos at just the perfect point in the story, which makes transformation easy and at your fingertips. So if you're ready to go from humming a sad song about your situation to finding your voice and whistling a new beat tune as you skip along with joy as the new soundtrack of your life then get yourself a copy of carrie's highly acclaimed book today go to carryrowancom slash book to get your copy now that's c-a-r-r-i-e-r-o-w-a-n are you ready to consistently be in the flow of success build an abundant business easily find your right clients and feel good inviting them into your community to do business with you if your answer is yes, then you want to listen to Business Success with Human Design with Nancy O'Keefe on syndicated Dream Vision 7 Radio Network every Thursday at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m. Eastern Time. Business Success with Human Design is a podcast designed to help you peel back the layers of who you've been taught to be and how you've been told to do business, moving you from overwhelm to a business model that aligns with your authentic self and feels right for you. Come and explore Human Design for Business with Nancy.
Did you know 73% of employees are considering leaving their jobs and almost half of Americans fear being laid off in the next year? That's a lot of fear and anxiety mulling around the office. In today's environment, employees need easy-to-use tools and strategies they can count on when the atmosphere is making them feel less than productive. To find out about proven ways to help your employees turn their stress into success, go to carryrowan.com and sign up for a free wellness consultation for your company today. This is Dream Vision 7 Radio Network, uniting mankind with universal love. Our shows are created from the heart, bringing each listener to a place of divine enlightenment. Breathe, relax, and enjoy. Let life flow. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Look for the Good. I'm back with Yolanda, and I know you're hanging on her every word here. So am I. We're talking about the children's books and kids and just this incredible you know, way of thinking about life, really. I feel like if I'm going to sum that up, it's your mindset, Yolanda. It's that mindset that you have, your appreciation for life that I feel like keeps you so young. What are your thoughts on that? Well, yeah, it does. Because when you're, when you're reaching out and helping people, uh, you get such a fulfillment and a joy. It gets you through the day. But one of the things I've always done is when I first wake up in the morning, uh, as soon as I get out of bed, it sounds crazy, but in my pajamas, I make the bed immediately. So I won't get back in. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good idea. No, I can make it right away. So I don't want to mess it up. I just think <laughs> if I leave and go have breakfast and come back, then I go, oh, you don't think I'll lay down a little longer, you know, and, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I get dressed immediately. Maybe not what I'm going to wear all day, but I put real clothes on, not my pajamas, because I feel that once you get in dressed, you, like there's a purpose. You're going to do something today. Uh, a couple of times that I've gotten up and stayed in pajamas, I got lazier. The, the morning, half of the morning was gone. I hadn't done anything, accomplished anything. And I said, I'm not doing that. I'm going to get up, do something and find out what it, maybe I'm going to clean. So I, I don't get fancily dressed, but I get dressed. Mm-hmm. And maybe that day I'll, I'll tackle the closets. I'll ta- tackle the cabinets. Or maybe if it's a beautiful day, I said, the heck with it. I think I'll just put on my coat and I think I'll go out. And, you know, if you do that, you all of a sudden, the day seems better because you've done something. You know, you had a night's sleep. Now let's get started. And if your bed is made, you feel good that everything's in order. And then you can decide whether you want to stay around the house, uh, but you'll get something done because you're dressed. You might fix the bookshelves. You might clean the drawers, whatever. And it, it's great. And then you, you feel so good about it. And you say, no, now the rest of the day, I think I'll go out for a while. I'll call a friend or I'll, because now I can do those things. Years ago, I couldn't. I had the business. I had to get up, go to work, be dressed and go. So I've kept that going. And I always put on makeup in the morning when I get up. Um, I find that always brightens you up because usually you'll get up and you look in the mirror and go, oh, God, is this really me? But <laughs> <laughs> you kind of brighten yourself up. You feel, where are you going? Looking pretty good. I think I can I can do this today. But no, it, it's really the secret to staying happy and staying enjoyed. But and then helping people like I I work a lot with the Salvation Army and I just got a big award from them uh two days ago, a fabulous Waterford Crystal Bowl all engraved because I guess I've been ringing the bell for the Salvation Army for sixty years. Wow, uh, really? The coldest day of the year. <laughs> And um, this year, we're going to do it tomorrow. Because, uh, they have me scheduled tomorrow, and it's going to be a beautiful day, which is unusual. And you meet so many people. And 
they're so wonderful. And, you you know, even if they go by you to go into the store, they usually place me near either a market basket or a liquor store. And I'm there with several people. We ring the bell and some people look angry and you just say Merry Christmas. And by the time they come back out of the store, they're smiling and they give us money because mm-hmm. even if they're grumpy and I say Merry Christmas, that all of a sudden they come out and they realize, you know, it is a nice day, you know, and, and it, it, it works. And I think that's something I get a kick out of because I remember years ago, my husband would say, you're not going, you pro-, I said, I promised them. He said, it's freezing out there. I said, I know I have, hot, I have hand warmers. I'll be fine. But we only have to do two hour shifts and then we swap off. And the, the amazing people that do it are the people that have the least um, that will stay out there for a few hours. You've seen them. Uh, mm-hmm. Yesterday, it was really funny. I I wasn't working, but there was a gentleman and he's he's not a person of wealth or anything. He's just in the community. He's willing to do it. And I said, oh, I'm going to get a cup of coffee. Would you like some coffee? And he said, no, I have a cup of tea, though. That would be nice. It was kind of cold yesterday. And I came back and then I handed her my coffee instead of the tea. And I felt so guilty. guilty. When I walked away, I sat down to have my coffee and I had his tea and he had my coffee. Oh, no. <laughs> that little gesture, because uh, he has a guy ringing the bell, it's freezing out there and he's still doing it and still trying to help. Uh, and those, those people uh, are amazing. They're the people that need the money that also volunteer to help bring so they can bring money in to get what they need. That's impressive. That's impressive. Absolutely. I love that story about how you just asked nothing of them and just said, Merry Christmas. And somehow it changed their mindset, right? Your happiness. It does. I mean, you know, for a long time, they were saying you can't say Merry Christmas. I said, why? I was brought up like that. If you don't want to say it, it's fine. But if I feel that way and it is Christmas, we're going to say Merry Christmas. We do. <laughs> and it so, works. And no, you're right. Nobody really says that anymore, right? Happy holidays. Keep it neutral. You're afraid because they said they might offend somebody. And I said, well, don't offend because uh, basically that's what Christmas is about. We, you know, it's really not about Santa Claus and toys. Uh, it turned into that, which is wonderful. I love too. I love them both. But I think you can't forget, you know, it's, it's like sitting down at the Thanksgiving table and saying grace. Uh, not every family does, but whether it's Jewish or Catholics or whatever, Protestants, they have their own way. Like this is, we're very fortunate. It's not really a turkey day. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. It's appreciating. I always make everybody, I do with those corny things, I make everybody go around the table and say two things that they're grateful for. We just did that. Yes, we did it on Thanksgiving. And it is a thankful day and we can't forget that. And it's not a day of football. Even though we know it is, yes, it goes <laughs> with it, and it's a day of the, the Thanksgiving Day Parade, which we love to watch as we're getting our sauce ready and getting everything done. But I think that more people need to know the meaning of everything, and I think that's why I said to you earlier, in a way, my books are kind of outdated because that's what's in the books is what we did on those special days. Yeah, but you know, I don't think that ever goes out of style. I don't think family traditions, I talk a lot about family traditions in my book, that never goes out of style because we're teaching the foundations of what we believe in and what our parents, it's, you know, it's, it's generational. And what else is there to leave a legacy about? But, but the lessons that we are, you know, that we encapsulated from our families and who else is going to pass that down, but our kids and their kids and their kids and so on. Well, that's what I'm hoping for the future, because as you said, you know, we, we're really into a new era 
of communication and getting their sources and some of the things they're getting are not what we would love them to learn. And, and it, it is difficult. Sometimes I sound very old fashioned, but I am very old. So I guess <laughs> you could say that you have every right to, but yeah, you are putting too much. It comes down to the putting too much pressure. That's their brains are not ready yet for all that information. They're not ready to make those big decisions yet. You know, it's, it's passed down to them because that's just what's happening in the world nowadays. But I, I totally agree with you 100%. I'm sort of old fashioned in that respect. And we come back right back down to the same old principles to teach our kids, you know, what's important, helping other people, you know, how do you feel about yourself? What can you do to make yourself feel better so that you have more of yourself to give to other people? Um, these well, are things thing to your children to taking the time to let them communicate. Boys are a little difficult because it's usually, yep, nope. And they don't really, you know, you have a nice day. Yep. Yeah. Was it good? Yep. They don't really get in. But if you can start getting them to describe what the day was like and how they made out that day and what what was their struggles for the day. Because uh, I know that my grandsons, I, I never had boys, so I only had two girls, but my grandsons were like that in the beginning. But now they really talk to me all the time about everything, about what their ideas are or what they want to do or what they want to try to do. And if you sit and listen, it's so wonderful because they really, and they want to tell somebody, you know, and now the boys, because they lost their mom, you know, I'm the person that they call and they say, can I come over for lunch? And I'll say, sure. Mm -hmm. And then they want to talk. And it's great because um, they can express and, you know, they know they, they don't have their mom, they have their dad, but, um, you know, they, it, and it's special to me. So they always say, well, don't do anything till I get there because if you need anything done, I'll do it when I get there. But um, yeah, I think they need the conversation. They need they to do. They need real conversations. And the fact that they're, they have, you have this beautiful relationship with them, you know, is so special for them. I'm sure to be able that they obviously they trust and can share and confide with you. And especially like you said, for boys, I think it's harder for them, especially losing their mom when they were younger, you know? But I think, you know, when you, today, they, as I said, you can play Game Boy and all this stuff and go online and look up all this stuff. But that's not communicating. It's just filling your head with stuff and you're not expressing how you're, you feel. So to me, as much as I love the new world of communication, I, I think people need more of reading and then dealing with being involved, whether it be sports or something within now expressing their talents, their feelings. And um, it goes a long way. You see some of these young boys that are so talented in sports and they go on because now they're competitive and they're chasing their dreams um i love it i love it. i want to see more of it i want to see more of the schools getting them to do things to to really talk yeah i love that the com to real real communication like this is not just a device this is actually a phone you can call somebody on and you can have a conversation you know, you can pick up the phone and, you know, like, I love in your emails, you're like, call me, you know, like, that's what we did. Like, we call each other. I'm so bad about that. People text me every day and, and I write back all the time. They just call me. It's fine. My number's not hidden because I do <laughs> talk to them. I, even though I know I'm going to do something, I still want to confirm it. Absolutely. But that it's that traditional pick up the phone and have the conversation. I feel like we could get better at that, teaching our kids how to really communicate, not only just talking deeply, but really just how to communicate with one another. 
you know, verbally across the table, socialize, you know, and I think that's a beautiful thing to bring that back. I love your thoughts on what you want schools to head towards back to the fundamentals, you know, reading, writing, and arithmetic. Right. There isn't a child I know that can write anymore. We have the Palma method. We had to write. And I see it. And my, my grandsons are talented, but their penmanship is not the best because they never were taught. And then they, they can't spell because they never had to do it. I mean, I think I remembered every telephone of every friend I had. I couldn't give you one telephone number now because all I do is naturally, like we all Mm -hmm. do. And that was good for us. It was good for our mind to remember. So good for us. So good for us. Yeah. And I noticed the same thing. It's funny. My youngest daughter is an English major like I was. And she's very rare because the kids don't, I mean, they can't even put a couple sentences together to form a paragraph. So a lot of these schools were saying how employers are looking for people who can write because you know, nobody can write anymore. And that's a whole nother conversation now with chat GBT and this artificial intelligence and such, but we still need human. We still need the human creativity. That's where the spark of it comes from. Even if you have AI, it takes a human to create that amazing idea. Absolutely. You're right. I mean, well, bravo to your daughter and to you for teaching. And it's so important. The teaching business is so important for our kids. So important. Yeah. To be able to learn, you know, and even if you just want to go and write, you're teaching through your writing, through your books, there's always that, that way. But I feel like it's an art form that is sort of being lost is learning how to write, spell the fundamentals, make a sentence, put a paragraph together. Um, Super important, super important. This has been so amazing. So fast. I mean, it's, it's changing so fast. So fast. Yeah. And unless you're doing it every single day, uh, I mean, it's very difficult for the older people, especially because and some of them just resent even trying to learn. They're just not going to even try. Yeah. I try. My grandson gives me credit all the time. He said, I, you do very well. I said, no, like there's certain things I still can't copy and paste. And I'm sure if I ask him to show me, I'll be able to do it. But um, yeah. yeah, it's some some of the older people that I see uh, in the senior center, they don't want to learn. They just said, no, I'm not going to learn. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a, and I, I, I love that, um, that you're open to it. You've had to learn, you've taught yourself from the beginning, how to do things, how to figure things out. And I feel like that is the entrepreneurial spirit and it can serve everybody in a lot of different ways, not just in business and life. You know, you, you, I used to have this little mantra I'd say to myself as a middle kid, you know, with two above me and two below me that, oh, well, I, I won't bother my parents. I'll just figure it out. Right. Like, oh, going out to work one day and my tire, my car had a flat tire. Oh, went back in, changed my clothes, came back out and figured out how to take, got the, got the manual and figured out how to change my tire. I don't I never went that far. That's really a challenge. Yeah. It's like just having the mindset like, oh, I can figure that out, you know, instead of, um, I, I just think it's a great mindset to adopt. And it feels like something that you really have incorporated into your whole life, you know, creating business and changing your business and morphing your business as the world around you is changing. I feel like those are amazing skills. Well, it, 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 one thing leads into another and then you have to grab that opportunity. I mean, as you've done in your book, which I love, I mean, bringing it forward now to the QR code, but then putting the music with it is just a wonderful. You, we'll see more of that. I, I don't know anyone else that has done that. Yeah, it's, I've don't really, I've, I don't know that anybody's done it with music. I've seen people do it with like how-to videos, you know, if they're trying to show somebody how to do something. Um, but yeah, I, thank you very much. It's a, I love it. I just feel like it's, you talk about an interactive book and being interactive with the author, you know, and really getting to know them on another level. Right. 
Exactly. Well, you were into teaching years ago and you're still teaching us. Thank God. (laughs) Well, thank you so much, Yolanda. This has been an amazing conversation. I don't want it to end. You are just a wealth of information and I can't thank you enough for coming on the show. Thank you so much for coming on Look for the Good. Well, we love being with you and I want to introduce you and make sure you come to our show after the first of the year and we'll get together and, and really show them what a real great book it is. Well, thank you. We'll tell them where can they find your show? Uh, it's on WCAC TV, Channel 8 in Waltham. And when you click on, there's lots of little buttons, but it'll say shows on top, public mm-hmm. television shows. And then you'll scroll down. It'll have all different shows. They do the football show and Sally's show and mine. And they'll say Yolanda Style and Glamour. And then they'll be listed different ones. Um, some are great. And some of them, you know, were not as fun, but... Like we just had a magician on who was incredible and mm-hmm. close-up shots and when he did the tricks. Ooh. Um, we've had people on perform and we've had stories just about real estate if you're going to buy a house or whatever. Um, and fashion shows. We just had a young designer called Mel who did all these fabulous sequin dresses. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a stepping stone for young people that need exposure. And Ooh. it's me to introduce them to the world out there. I love that. So you can find it on WCAC TV, everybody, and they can find your books on Amazon, correct? All the books, all the children's books are, if you type on uh, Lindy Lou and Dancing Shoes, the other two books usually come up with it at the same time. Yep. I did that myself. And I will put that in the show notes, everybody. So you can go to the website and check that out and get all information on where you can find and get a copy of Beyond the Glitz and Glamour because it is a really moving book. I think you'll all love it. And thanks again for being on. And remember, everybody, it is never too late to live your best story. Be well. Thanks for tuning in to Look for the Good with your host, Carrie Rowan, best-selling author and mindset coach. Join us every Monday at 5 a.m. and 5 p.m. right here at Dream Vision 7 Radio Network. If you weren't able to catch an episode, no worries. Just visit our website to find all the archived episodes of Look for the Good on Demand so you don't miss a thing. And remember, it's never too late to live your best story. For additional resources or to find out about how you can work with Carrie directly, visit CarrieRowan.com for more details. This is Dream Vision 7 Radio Network, uniting mankind with universal love. Our shows are created from the heart, bringing each listener to a place of divine enlightenment. Breathe, relax, and enjoy. Let life flow.